Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of What's Brewing, where we talk about how we brew success with our clients, partners, and customers. On today's podcast, we are joined by David from Nintex, where we're going to talk a little bit about the main use cases that Nintex solves for the application of, and probably learn a couple of things along the way. And so I'm your host, George Chalhoub. I'm an RVP here at Plative. I oversee our financial services practice, and I've been in technology for north of a decade now. Uh, across many different roles, Salesforce, uh, Microsoft, and now here at Plato for the last five years or so. Uh, and David, I'll pass it over to you. Give yourself a quick introduction. Yeah. yeah. So David, Steven, I'm a senior solutions engineer at Nintex. Uh, I'm actually approaching your, your uh, decade. I know I can't say that yet, but I'm getting close. I think in my eight or nine years <laughs> doing this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, senior solutions engineer, just a fancy way of saying I, I talk about Nintex all day on sales calls, right? So mm-hmm. getting people feel comfortable about the technology, understanding it. Etc. Um, one thing I'll also add, I know it's, it's the what's brewing. I am drinking a Lava Aza uh, from Costco. It's a espresso flavored. So I don't know if I was supposed to drop that, but. Uh. <laughs> Thank you for keeping me honest. Yeah, I was supposed to drop the coffee I'm drinking as well, but uh, I was awake very early this morning putting together a deck. So I'm currently drinking chamomile tea, but I am drinking it out of a Brooklyn Coffee Roasters coffee cup. So okay. maybe that passes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right. Awesome. So like I said, David's gonna, David and I are going to have a general conversation about Nintex and how our clients are using the platform. And so what we wanted to mainly focus this on is client onboarding, servicing your clients, and then any of the other applications that maybe we're not all aware of of what Nintex can bring to the table. We want to start first with client onboarding and account management because <clears throat> this is such a common use case that we as at Plative use Nintex to solve for. And so, you know, whatever industry it might be in wealth management, in the nonprofit space, in anything in the alternative asset space, you name it, even if you think about someone that's selling technology, they're all onboarding clients and then managing the clients themselves. And so, David, I want to pass this one over to you. What are some of the, what are some of the common client onboarding challenges that you guys might be solving for with your clients? Yeah. Um, well, I think the, the first thing that's thought of whenever you're applying a new technology, whether it's us or anyone, is it's going to be hard right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard to implement and it's going to take a long time. And, you know, is, is the juice going to be worth the squeeze at the end of the day, right? Um, and that's one, of, that's one of the things my role is for is to make, make people feel comfortable. It's not going to be that. It's going to be easy, right. which is the truth with, with Nintex as you start to learn it. The other piece is because, you know, we're talking a little bit more about the, the DocGen tool uh, at times here. It's, is, is the Salesforce data model. Uh, what, that, what I mean by that is, you know, what are people going to have to change now to get us to work tomorrow? Uh, so are they going to have to change the way they work with, for example, Salesforce? Are they going to have to, you know, what is this going to look like? Are they going to have to change their documents, make them look different? Um, and that's another piece that I always like to kind of really land the plane on is you're not going to have to change anything you're going to have to do uh, uh, in Salesforce. You can work with it the same way, organize it the same way, and you can use the same style documents. So, you know, we or, you know, we work with template documents like Word, Excel, PowerPoint, PDF documents, and you can use those same documents in our service, right? And those are the, right. I think the clear, the clear piece of just getting folks to understand, because I think going into the call, they're thinking, I'm going to have to change all this stuff. They're going to see me right. just do a demo, and they're going to think, oh, I'm going to make my document now look like that, um, which isn't the truth. So I think that's the challenge I have is to make sure I can more eloquently probably than I just said it, uh, make people uh, understand that it's not going to be a big calorie burn at the end, on, their, right. on their end. Yeah. Uh, and we see it all the time, especially with 
uh, tech companies that we're working with, their sales team, it might be the first time that they're rolling out Salesforce. They could have been on Salesforce for six years. They might still be building quotes in Word. So they might select their products and do everything out of Salesforce, but then they're not actually generating it out of the system. And then they go into Word and generate, build the document there. There's very little oversight into what the document itself could look like. There could be formatting issues. And so Mm -hmm. just showing them that that Word document that you guys have been editing 16 times a day, very easy to just transpose that into Salesforce, hit generate document. It's going to merge all the information that you have inside of Salesforce. And so it's just, it's a simple tool to get set up. And it is a huge time saver, especially if you think about salespeople, anyone managing clients, you just want to give them time back in their day, take 30 minutes back from building that quote and let them hit a button and send it out to their client from there. Hundred yeah. percent. So what we just talked about right there is is an in-text draw loop. That that being the tool, of course, that you're going to be generating that document with. But what I want to ask you about is some of the other applications of an in-text draw loop as a platform. Mm-hmm. Maybe what are some of the top three use cases that you've seen in-text solve? Yeah. Well, I'll bring up one of the one of the big ones. I know we actually talked about it a little bit earlier. Was yep. um, QBR reports. So. I didn't know actually what that was until we had a, guy, a sales guy come in um, to, to Nintex and I was working with him. Um, and he had to make these QBR reports at his other job, which are quarterly business reviews, which is a common thing. I just didn't know what it was because I didn't work in sales too much. But essentially what you're doing, right? And you tell me if I'm wrong here, George, is you're, you're going into your Salesforce environment and you're making, whether it's a Word document or PowerPoint, you're making a new slide for everything you did for the last quarter. So for instance, yep. what, what uh, making a whole slide about how um, how many opportunities you closed this quarter and then next quarter and how many you think will close next quarter and then you're maybe making another graph of your year to date in sales which is going against maybe other data and there's all these formulas and all these different slides you're making to basically show how great you are right mm-hmm. <laughs> and 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 it's it takes a while to build that yeah. I was looking at that thing like if you had to build that manually like it takes a while. And so what, what I did with the, the, the sales guy I was mentioning that worked at Nintex is we built this as a demo so we could take this on the road and show folks. And I couldn't believe people's reactions that worked in sales that were seeing this because it took something that was taking them day, two days, three days to put this, this report together. Um, yep. And then they could click a button, wait 15 seconds, and there was their PowerPoint. Yeah. <laughs> or an entire week of free time, but yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, and I, I think those jaws probably were hitting the floor at that point because it's like, yeah. oh my gosh, I'm doing this right now. As you were mentioning earlier, you're like, I can do this now in 15 seconds and you get a lot more feet on desk time at that point, which I think is anyone's goal, right? Is yep. focus on what's important and less on like the, those, those, those kind of tasks. So. Yeah, David, David and I are laughing because I, as we were talking about this session and, and planning for it, I just made a little a joke about how when we were done planning, I'm going to get back to my QBR deck. And that's even how this one even came around. I had no idea that this was even possible. You know, and, and more to this is thinking about sitting in these QBRs, any sales leader that's ever been in them before, you don't really want to ask questions of the other person that's presenting because you're like, maybe they'll get to their close rate or, you know, lead to close ratio and what their sales cycle might look like and the duration because you're like, oh, maybe they'll have that on a, on a future slide. And so having these QBR decks be something that's structured is going to make sure that everybody has the same format and you're really just being graded out on the metrics instead of saying like, oh, how did they actually format this deck? Such such an easier way of running through these. And, you know, these are 90 minute sessions and, you know, we're some of the more senior people at the firm. If we could take a 90 minute session, turn it into a 45 minute session and also take back the eight or nine days it takes to put together this deck, have it put together in 15 minutes or 15 seconds, actually. Yeah. Uh, there's a massive time back to just apply yourself back to the business and do 
any of the other 5,000 things that you might have on your plate at any given time. 100%. Yeah. yeah. So aside from the one that we bubbled to the top, because this one very much fit a pain point that I'm currently going through, other, other pain points, other use cases that you see Nintex applied for across the ecosystem? Yeah. So another really big one is contracts. Now, mm-hmm. contracts historically, though, aren't as, as cool probably looking as an output of a QBR report. Because in the QBR report, you might have charts with Salesforce data, and you might have a whole bunch of replicated rows of all your content. And it's a lot of cool doc gen stuff happening there. And in a contract, it's just, you know, name goes here in this paragraph, dear this. It's very simple stuff. But what makes contracts a big use case is how we work with, again, there's one-to-one data, which is the data in Salesforce and it goes in the document, but there's also what we call situational data, which can determine what happens. So uh, a light use case would be, you know, whenever I send this contract outside the States, I always have to remember to, remember to append this extra page of legalese. Mm-hmm. You can apply logic like that to these, these essentially these use cases where the document is going to checks in or checks out just based on the data model. Now, it's not just true to the document. It can also be paragraphs within a document. Um, to that point, we actually had a, a customer, it's a use case I was like to bring up where they were doing business in 50 different states. And instead of having to manage 50 different templates, we actually had showed them the concept of one template, many versions. So what that meant was instead of having all these different templates where because, let's say, paragraph four shows up in 23 of the states. And mm-hmm. there's another paragraph that shows up in 18 different states. They're not even the same, right? Um, instead of having all these different versions, they could put the logic into the actual language, and then one template could decide which language showed up based on any kind of rules and validation you wanted to put in there. Mm-hmm. Um, why that's huge is not so much that just the end users could then just press a button and get the correct document every time just based on what they enter in Salesforce, but also too, when there's a language change, instead of having to maintain all those different versions of the templates, they could change the language in one place and it changed it for everywhere it existed. It's all pulling from the same location. So again, making it easier for the the backend user too. So that's one of the big use cases when we show how to manage contracts. That's always a, a huge one for folks with situational yeah. data. Yeah. Sales apps, sales ops loves that answer. <laughs> yeah. Prevent prevents them having to kick back contracts and then the salesperson flipping out because there's something wrong with their deal and they weren't aware of it. And so slows down the sales um, cycle. Yeah. Exactly. Slows yeah. down the sales cycle. So well um, and also when you're new to your organization, the last thing you want to do is send out the wrong thing. Right. Right. So this allows you to kind of feel more comfortable when you're sending out a contract. It's the correct one because as long as with the phrase garbage in, garbage out, make sure your data in Salesforce is correct to get the yep. correct documents out the door. Yeah. Yeah. Just thinking about all the different things that mistakes I've made at companies when I'm new, uh, I'll, I'll leave the company nameless, but there was a time it was a software company and I was not provisioning licenses uh, for deals that had been sold. And so <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> had no idea that that was happening. And so I could have definitely used a workflow cloud type tool yep. to make yep. sure that the licenses themselves were being provisioned after the opportunities were closing. But like I said, we'll, 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 we'll skate, we'll skate right past that one real quick. <laughs> Aside from the quotes, the purchase orders and, and everything draw loop related, where we've really been targeting it on, on Nintex draw loop, which is that doc gen piece. There's another huge part of Nintex and this is the workflow cloud. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we alluded to it just now. And with my, example that I had just mentioned, but this is the part of, of Nintex that in my opinion is extremely powerful, not that draw loop isn't, but that is, is less widely known. And so want to just give a quick overview uh, back over to you, David, of like, what is Nintex workflow cloud? Maybe what are some of the main applications of, and then we'll open it up with a general dialogue from there. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, 
And I always like to kind of mention with Nintex Workflow Cloud, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cloud workflow solution, right? So Salesforce is an example of a powerful system that works with it. Nintex in general uh, is, a, is a very large platform, so end-to-end. So when you're talking about you want to plan your processes and map them out, you want to do document generation, you want to, do, um, you want to shoot out workflows and have them all communicate together. Uh, DocGen, for example, is just a line item, right? Just like Workflow Cloud is. So it's another piece to the, the puzzle that's a, you know, something you may want to use, you may not. But what Workflow Cloud does is it allows you to connect different systems together mm-hmm. and, and do them logically. Uh, a good example I would like to bring up is uh, if I relate it to a car, right? Workflow Cloud is the engine. Now, when you put that engine into a plane, the plane does something different than the car. You take the, another engine, you put it into you know, uh, a train, or you put it into a rocket ship, or whatever you put it in, where, wherever you put that engine, it's, that's where the application is being used. But at the end of the day, it's an engine, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where Workflow Cloud kind of comes into play. It's like, you know, someone asks, what is it? I'm like, well, it depends on where you put the engine, right? right. If you put it into DocGen, it can do a lot of things. For example, it can mimic a, uh, an approval process, or it can quarterback redlining, use cases, because um, the workflow could be, for example, a delivery option for DocGen. So you press button, magic happens, get document. The document then is the beginning of the workflow, which then you know, shoots off and does all these different things and maybe eventually goes through e-sign after everything's been approved, right? So mm-hmm. a contract use case, common one for that, right? Generate document, have it go through a process of an approval or a deadline, and then at the end of the day, push it out through e-signature, and then at the end, have it stored back into the Salesforce record. Uh, workflow right. can quarterback all of that. Right. You just brought up the approval process and redlining itself. This is internal only, or is this also you generate the doc, maybe there's an internal approval process after it's been internally approved, we could send this out and start the redlining process with externals, with clients, with partners as well? Yeah, yeah, the governor's off here, right? You can you can go inside and outside of your environment. So when you're talking about going outside your organization and actually going to a customer or client, um, and you want to actually send them the document to redline, you can. And one of the cool things is that when you talk about just redlining specifically, the way that we yep. handle it, their their regular mechanics of what they do doesn't change. So if you remove Nintex, what do they get? They get an email with a word document attached. They edit the document, make their amendments and changes and then send it back. With mm-hmm. Nintex, they can still get an email with the Word document that draw loop dynamically put together. They can make their edits and then push it back. When it pushes back though, it can automatically take the document, attach it to a version uh, control in Salesforce, right? Which then could automatically ping, instead of the salesperson who sent it out, maybe it automatically goes to legal. So instead of now the salesperson getting right. the document going, okay, now I got to go ping legal and hopefully they're available. It automatically can just go into a queue for them, right? There's no, there's no interaction. So then the salesperson's already figuring out what their next deal is and then moving right. on to that. And so again, the workflow can quarterback that so nothing's falling through the cracks, so to speak. As we joked about the QBR deck earlier, this is another one that David, I wanted speak to you a little bit more <laughs> after today's session on because legal red lines going back and forth. It's not a massive pain point for us, but I mean, I, I've heard about it in many other, many other companies, yep. but even for us, I mean, the back and forth on legal, it's, you know, you send out a contract, it gets stuck in spam because it, it hits some spam filter or whatever it might be. And you're wondering why you haven't gotten your red lines back. And yep. anyone that runs a monthly business, a quarterly business, those last couple of days of the month are important to be as efficient as possible. And so if you could automatically ping legal, they're working through a queue. You don't have to start pinging them and slacking them. They're just quickly working through the queue itself out of one system instead of looking at 15 different ways that they actually get messages. 
Well, and I, and I don't work in marketing, but if I did, and it's a good thing I don't, the, the slug line <laughs> at a booth would be more something along the lines of Nintex is removing the steps for human interaction and getting in the way, right? Yeah. Because they're getting in the way of the finish line. And mm-hmm. when we can say, well, this is this and this is that, why does it have to, why do we have to wait for this person to do something when we could just right. be done? That's what we're doing. We're removing those steps. Or another slug yep. line could be uh, maximizing your laziness, but I don't think that would do well in a booth <laughs> event. <laughs> <laughs> The best salespeople uh, are, they follow a process. Maybe they might, they might be a little bit lazy. They just get stuck in their process and that allows them to follow through with everything that they're doing. But <laughs> also preventing human error. I mean, yeah. even everything that we just talked through, like is the do- information gathering, generating of the documents, getting quotes sent out instead of ending up editing, editing them in Word. And then the whole redlining and approval process all taking place in one centralized platform and make sure that everything is going to fit the right mold. So if you guys can't tell, there's a lot of cool things that you can do with Nintex way beyond just generating a document, sending a quote, or looking at a report internally. So as always, David, I'm wearing something every time we're on the phone here. Uh, I think that's about all the time that we have for today. We do want to keep these short and brief as if this was a coffee break with what's brewing, uh, even though David and or David is drinking coffee, I'm drinking tea, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, everybody, audience, thank you guys so much for joining us on today's episode of What's Brewing. Uh, once again, we are brewing success with our clients, partners, and customers. Join us during our next episode. Thank you so much.